Well, hey everyone, this is Athena and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good because He is faithful and good. Every Wednesday, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 8.28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and the other two episodes will include a time for Insider Insights, where I'll answer publishing questions from our listeners. So hey, Let's get started. Welcome to the All Things Podcast. I am here today with the amazing best-selling author, Carol Kent, to kickstart our time together. And then during the second half of the episode, I will introduce you to Redemption Press author, and military spouse, Kanita Williams. Carol, welcome to the All Things Podcast. Thank you so much, Athena. It's a joy to be on the air with you. Amen. We've done this a few times, haven't we? We have, and I look forward to today. Yes. All right, so a proper introduction. Carol Kent is a best-selling author and international speaker. She's the executive director of the Speak Up Conference, which I highly recommend, a ministry committed to helping Christians develop their speaking and writing skills. She and her husband, Gene, have founded the nonprofit organization Speak Up for Hope, which benefits inmates and their families. Carol holds a master's degree in communication arts and a bachelor's degree in speech education. She has trained Christian speakers for over 25 years, and she's been a featured speaker at Women of Faith, Extraordinary Women, and Women of Joy Arena events. She is the author of over 25 books, including the best-selling When I Lay My Isaac Down and Becoming a Woman of Influence. She also happens to be a featured author in Redemption Press's new release, She Writes for Him, Stories of Resilient Faith. And her two newest titles are uh, the 365-day devotional entitled He Holds My Hand, which I love that devotional, and Staying Power, Building a Stronger Marriage When Life Sends Its Worse. And she wrote that with her husband, Gene, and Dave and Cindy Lambert. And a few little-known facts about Carol. She has been known to binge on chocolate and potato chips, and has now found a place that makes chocolate-covered potato chips. She has also ziplined in the giant redwoods, which I did last time I was at Mount Hermon. That is amazing, (laughs) which is one of the most frightening things she's ever done. And she loves hanging out in office supply stores looking for fun paper stock and office gadgets. Oh my gosh, I'm with you, Carol. <laughs> we make quite a pair, Athena. Oh, we'd be in trouble if we, if we went shopping together, I think. Yes, we would. <laughs> so Carol, it is an honor to have you join us on the All Things Podcast today. Thanks, Athena. I'm looking forward to this chat. Yes. So you have the most incredible Romans 828 story where God has and still is working all Mm. things together for good, even the hard things for you and Jean who love him and are called according to his purposes. So before we jump into your newest release, I would love to have our listeners hear your Romans 828 story. Well, Athena, I married uh, Jean Kent as soon as I graduated from college, and five years later, I gave birth to our only child, Jason Paul Kent. We call him JP, and he was a joy to raise. Uh, He grew up and made his parents proud. He was president of the National Honor Society and had his heart set on serving in either military or political leadership. And he got through the U.S. Naval Academy and uh, went to Orlando, Florida, 
where he was in nuclear engineering school, joined a great Bible study and met a wonderful young woman named April. And she had been previously married and had two precious little girls, a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And uh, we had a beautiful wedding about a year after his graduation from the academy. Well, during that first year of their marriage, there were multiple allegations of abuse involving the biological father of the girls. And uh, I could see that Jason was unraveling mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And it appeared that this man who only had supervised visitation was about to get unsupervised visitation. And that was very concerning to our son. And one year after his marriage, we got a middle of the night call telling us that he had been arrested for murder and he was in the jail in Orlando. Well, Athena, I can't even put into words the nausea that swept over me. I tried to get out of bed. My legs wouldn't hold my weight. I, I crawled my way into my office thinking I must be in the middle of a horrific nightmare. But as our followed out, the facts of the case were confirmed. Our son had pulled a trigger in a public parking lot and a man had died. We went through two and a half years and seven postponements of the trial before Jason was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. Hmm. And we are still living that story, and it started 20 years ago. I have watched my son go from a, a 25-year-old young man to a 45-year-old middle-aged man, and we have gone from thinking, how could this happen to me? God, where were you when this happened? To realizing the truth of what your podcast is all about, that God does indeed take some of the worst things that happen to us and work them out for our good and for his glory. And I know we're going to be talking about that during this time we spend together. Mm, that is just, um, you know, every mom's nightmare. Oh. And, but to see the good he has brought out of it with your ministry in the prisons and, oh my gosh. Well, and Jason's ministry, Athena, when I, when I think of how he brings good out of bad, I realize that I have a son who is repentant, full of remorse. He has asked for forgiveness of the victim's family. And I have watched him launch Bible studies and use his leadership to mentor and encourage other inmates. Uh, he's been president of Toastmasters on the inside. And since I teach the Speak Up Conference, I figure he's a chip off the old block. Yes. He loves teaching communication skills. And uh, right now he's teaching in the re-entry program, really helping men to know how to manage their money in a biblical way so that when many of them do get released, they will be able to be productive members of society. And I have had men come to me and say, I was nothing but a no good drug addict. And I met your son and he led me to Jesus. And I'm so grateful for that. Hmm. So Athena, my heart as a mom rejoices when I hear that. Have I gotten the answer to prayer that I wanted in this lifetime? Not yet, but I know God is working all things for his good and for his glory. Amen. Wow. Well, that's a great segue into talking about your newest book because, boy, a situation like that where Jason goes through that, goes to jail, I mean, those, you know, that kind of a loss. I mean, it's it wasn't a death, but it was certainly a huge loss for you as parents. Oh, everything about the future changed. And uh, Jean and I have often talked about how tough these life crises are on marriages and exactly. how many people divorce when something horrible strikes them. And uh, we got together with Dave and Cindy Lambert, who raised uh, an adopted child and then wound up raising their grandchild because of the addiction of their son. And so we had a story about something from outside that we did not choose hitting us, the arrest of our son. They had a story and we said, let's put together 
all of the principles God has taught us. And let's teach couples how that they need to cling together and that they need to never give up on each other and have a, and a we'll do this together. We're in this together attitude. And we started to list the main ways we believe marriages can have staying power in the middle of the hard things that hit raising an autistic child or dealing with a severe financial crisis or there there might be a struggle with infertility or adoption issues or gender issues with with the child that they're raising and there are so many things that come to us and we say where do i go how can i seek god's will and honor him in the middle of this and how can i keep breathing and that's a big deal for some couples who feel like they can't even take in air because they're still in such shock and we wanted to put together a book that we help would we hope will prepare couples who haven't faced crises yet to handle things god's way and then to help others get through the tough days and to make it to a place where they can say, Lord, even in this situation, we will praise you, we'll give you glory, and we will say thank you that you have not wasted this sorrow. Mm. Amen. So give us, unpack a little bit how this could be a helpful resource for couples who are newly married. Maybe they haven't gone through a lot of tough stuff yet. Well, I think every couple that gets married today has been exposed to the divorce either of their own parents or an aunt or an uncle or someone they know. And I find young couples have more and more questions about can a marriage really last forever for the rest of our lives? Is it possible to serve the Lord and to make it through everything that's tough? So I think they'll find a lot of great ways that they can prepare themselves to handle the surprises that come along. And uh, one of the things we talk about uh, has to do with the importance of making pre-decisions. And that's where you decide ahead of time that these are going to be the non-negotiables in our marriage. And one of the things that we decided on ahead of time is that we were going to be aware of the fact that we would serve each other sacrificially. And when Jason was arrested, Gene would make coffee in the morning and he would bring it to my bedside. And without words, he'd hand it to me, he would rub my arm or even my feet sometime, which was a real treat. And, uh, and it was that knowing of, honey, we're in this together. I love you. We love our son. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know how this thing will end. We don't know if there will be any relief, but we are together and we are going to ask God to help this situation to allow our marriage to be strengthened rather than weakened. And then another one of those non-negotiables had to do with the fact that we would watch our tongue, what came out of our mouths, because it was so easy to allow ourselves to, to be negative and to sound angry with each other when we really weren't. And so we, we knew that it was especially important to use kind, uplifting, and encouraging words and to think first before lashing out in anger. And I remember a few weeks after Jason was arrested, uh, we were in the master bedroom closet now, together, we keep a pretty organized household, but I'll admit it, my closet is messy. And uh, Gene, who was really struggling over Jason's arrest, lashed out and he said, Carol, I don't know why you can't get rid of clothing you haven't worn in a year. And that only escalated my anger. And uh, within a short while, we both had tears and I fell into his arms and he said, oh, honey, I'm not mad at you. I'm upset about Jason. He said, I am so sorry. And we committed to thinking before we would speak so that we wouldn't allow the, the underlying tension of his arrest to destroy our relationship with each other. And uh, another one of those predecisions is that I will request honor and respect the advice of my spouse. Sometimes we really want to do it our way. Now, probably not you, Athena, because you're Pretty close to perfect, I know. But uh, sometimes it's hard to honor and even request the advice of a spouse. Mm. And one of the things Jean said to me is that, honey, when we go to speaking engagements, when we begin by just pouring out our story with the meeting planner, 
that makes them feel like they can't share their story, which seems somehow insignificant uh, mm. with our story being so huge mm. in terms of a murder and an arrest and a trial. Let's let them speak first. And that was such wise counsel. And I began to realize how important it was to respect the advice of my husband. And that has helped to strengthen our marriage tremendously. Mm, that's, those are such good pre-decisions. I love that because it's really being proactive instead yes. of being reactive. And you're setting yourself up for success instead of failure. Well, we have discovered that probably of all of the predecisions we needed to make, the most important one was to practice automatic forgiveness mm. because it's very easy to hold little grudges, just tiny things that begin to escalate. And uh, we started to call it choosing to be unoffendable. And you know, the Bible talks about that. It says, forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. And be gentle with one another and sensitive, it says in Ephesians. And we realized that if we could choose as a bottom line to know and to establish the fact that we love each other, we're not walking out on each other emotionally or physically, we are together and in the light of the stress we're going through, our big issue is this incarcerated son, and we need to make some pretty heavy decisions involving all that's going on. And if one of us offends the other, we're going to forgive right away and not let it escalate into something huge that causes separation and the silent treatment which I can be very good at, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so I saw a chapter, and I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing, called The Power of Serving While Suffering. Oh, and that just, just sounds so powerful. Well, you have just hit one of my favorite chapters in the book because a whole lot of people say to us, how in the world did you have the staying power to keep in this together when you're, it felt like your whole world was falling apart. And we discovered very early on that if we would look around and find somebody else who was hurting worse than we were, and if we could brainstorm together and come up with a tangible act of kindness that we could do for that person, and, and then follow through just offering them what they needed in Jesus' name, that the joy that came back to us as a result of doing that was indescribable. Now, I'm married to a man who's full of compassion. And one of the ways this worked for us is that when we go to prison visitation, we are often standing in a line after driving an hour and a half to get there, that line might be two hours long because the intake process at a maximum security prison is lengthy and they don't have enough people working to move you through quickly. And uh, so you get to meet a lot of families who are standing with you. And we started to realize how many needs these families had. And as a result of that, we launched a nonprofit organization called Speak Up for Hope that aids inmates and their families. And uh, then one day I was at home and I noticed that Jean's pile of black t-shirts was getting very short. And you know, dryers eat socks, but I don't think they eat t-shirts. I said, honey, what's happened to all your t-shirts? He said, you'll find out soon enough. Well, the next weekend we were at the prison visiting line and we were waiting and we saw a woman turned away and I immediately knew why. She had on a sleeveless blouse, new rules had come through and female visitors were not allowed to wear sleeveless blouses. And uh, I suddenly realized that Gene had disappeared from where he was standing in the line next to me. He was out in the parking lot, our trunk lid was up and I saw him emerge with a black t-shirt he walked it over to the woman and said, here, ma'am, put this on and go to the front of the line and have a wonderful visit with your family member. It's my gift to you today. And she put that t-shirt on and got right through security. Well, Jean came back to where I was standing. I said, so that's what's been happening to your t-shirts. He looked down, he said, it's my ministry. Well, I chuckled, but the next month I was at a conference in Wisconsin speaking and I shared that story. One month later, there was a box on my porch and it was filled with black t-shirts. A note inside said, Dear Carol, I recently heard you speak about your husband's gift of black t-shirts to women visitors who are not dressed appropriately to get in. 
She said, I work for a company that makes t-shirts so I can get them very inexpensively. Please use this donation toward your husband's t-shirt ministry through his trunk distribution program. I hope it blesses some lives. Oh. And uh, Athena, we have just seen again and again that when we serve while we're suffering ourselves, the joy is multiplied and we hope the splashes of that joy fall on everybody who is in close proximity to us. Mm, I just love that. You know, facing adversity together seems to create a bond. That, it does. And that's what, that's what you're doing in that situation. But, oh man, I love that. I just love that. Okay, so we're going to start wrapping this up. And I would love to have you share a couple of tips or tools that can help our listeners really just sharpen their perspective of how God really is. Well, even when we can't feel it or see it, he is working all things together for good. Well, I think one of the most important things is to realize the role of prayer in our lives. Because when we are hit with the tough stuff, and at some time or another, we all will be, we often pray what we want to be the answer to our own request. And then we think, God didn't answer my prayer. And for a long time, I prayed, oh, Lord, would you just please get my son out of prison? He could serve you so well on the outside. And then I realized year after year after year when he did not get out and the appeal was denied and uh, we, we went through the clemency process and that was rejected. And I realized that God is answering my prayer, but in a different way than I ever anticipated. He's saying, Carol, right now I am using Jason as my missionary on the inside. I am working things together for good, not in the way that you planned, but in the way that I have for him to use what's happened as a platform upon which he can give me glory. And that has been such an incredible thing for me to realize to the point that I can even say, thank you, Lord, that you are not wasting my son's life. Thank you that he has purpose and meaning and great joy in serving you on the inside of that razor wire. And then the next thing I really want to challenge our listeners with is that one of the ways God works things out for our good is when we choose to be willing to tell our own story. And I was so excited about contributing to the book that Redemption Press is about to release, She Writes for Him. And one of the things that I love to do is to train people at the Speak Up conference that you've been a very big part of, along with Redemption Press and your wonderful team. We love you all so much. Mm -hmm. But when we equip others to share their stories of how their marriages have had staying power in the middle of adversity, or how God has taken the worst thing that's happened to them, and he has allowed it to be turned in a way that has brought him glory, has led people to Jesus, and has helped them to grow in their faith, that multiplied numbers of people are blessed when we are willing to tell our story in spoken words, and when we are willing to write our story, written words. And uh, I, I love the fact that you and I really partner together in the Speak Up Conference to accomplish that purpose so that we know that we're helping those who want to follow the Lord in saying, yes, all things do work together for his good. Mm. Well, and I want to take a moment and, and at the end of this um, interview, invite those of you women who are listening. Now, okay, uh, it's pretty much 95% women that attend. It, yes, it okay. is. And if men are invited to attend, and we always have some men every year, but I'm more known in women's conference and retreat circles, and it tends to be a majority of women who come. Okay, so those of you ladies who are listening and who know God's calling you to either speak or write or both, oftentimes it is both, um, I would really want to encourage you to check out the Speak Up Conference or is it the Speak Up Conference? On the it's, yeah, it's www.speakupconference.com, speakupconference.com. 
And the dates are? July 9, 10, and 11. And we would love to see you there. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If you're coming from far, come in on Wednesday, take some pre-conference offerings in the form of seminars that you can attend. And I can promise you, you will be equipped to speak and or write or both. But our prayer is always that you will go home spiritually revived. And we praise the Lord that it is a time of networking with other people in ministry leadership. And it is my favorite event of the entire year. Oh, it is. And it is so, I see so many women spiritually impacted. It was yes. outside of the equipping to speak or to write or both. The spiritual dynamic of the conference is just profound. And you've set, you've set that uh, tone with, I mean, and it's just evident and it's always been such a blessing for us to be involved and to, to work alongside you and just see what God does with those attendees who are brave enough to tell their stories and, and let people see how God can work even when it's been hard. It's so thrilling when you see somebody who perhaps has lived in their own personal situation for a long time and they've prayed and said, Lord, in your timing, I, I really want to use this to help others. And then as they get over their fear of speaking or even over their feelings of inadequacy about writing, what a joy it is to see them be able to take steps in the direction of getting equipped to be able to spread the news, to share the story, and then to add those biblical principles that are life-giving to the people who will read and hear their stories and uh, their content in terms of how people can thrive in their lives as they serve Jesus effectively. Mm. Uh, well, I am so looking forward to being there again this year and just being part of that because it's just, it's so rewarding to see the fruit that comes from that. So if, if uh, those that are listening want to find you online, want to connect with you, what's the best place for them to find you? They can go to carolkent.org. That's carolkent.org, and you will be able to link to the Speak Up Conference. You'll be able to link to the Staying Power book if you're interested in that, and we look forward to hearing from you. Well, thank you, my friend. It has been an absolute delight. Thank you, Athena. It's always a joy to connect with you. Amen. Well, hey, before we move on to my next conversation, I want to take a moment to declare Psalm 91 over all of us. It would be so easy to get sucked into the panic that is raging over the coronavirus. So I want to provide a tool for you to use that will help you remember God's promise. I'm going to include a copy of Psalm 91 in first person in the show notes so you can print it out, and I would really encourage you to pray it out loud both morning and evening. Okay, so here we go. Because we live in the shelter of the Most High, we find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This we declare about the Lord. He is our refuge our place of safety. He is our God and we trust him for he will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. He will cover us with his feathers. He will shelter us with his wings. His faithful promises are our armor and protection. We will not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. We will not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at our side, though ten thousand are dying around us, these evils will not touch us, because we make the Lord our refuge because we make the Most High our shelter. No evil will conquer us, no plague will come near our home, for He will order His angels to protect us wherever we go. They will hold us up with their hands so we won't even hurt our foot upon a stone. 
We will trample upon lions and cobras. We will crush fierce lions and serpents under our feet. The Lord says he will rescue us because we love him. He will protect us because we trust in his name. When we call on him, he will answer. He will be with us in trouble. He will rescue us and honor us. He will reward us with long life and give us his salvation. Well, we're going to kick off the second half of our show today with Redemption Press author Kanita Williams, who I just happened to have met last year, 2019, at Carol Kent's amazing Speak Up conference that we just talked about earlier on the show today. So let me, before I bring her on, let me give her a proper introduction. Kanita Williams believes that life is too short to not live life on purpose. As a certified life coach and motivational speaker, and most importantly, daughter of the king, Kanita's mission is to help people awaken to the possibilities in their personal and professional lives. Through spiritual principles, real-life stories, proactive questions, and a fresh perspective, Kanita inspires audiences to take the first step. One step in the right direction equals progress, and progress leads to purpose. Warm, genuine, and engaging, Kanita's keynotes and workshops combine thought-provoking content, down-to-earth antidotes, and practical strategies leaving participants feeling uplifted and inspired. Kanita is the CEO, founder of Model for the King Life Coaching, LLC. Her work in progress, free to see, moving from disappointment and distraction to clarity, is currently available for pre-sale on the Redemption Press bookstore. The book provides practical ideas to help people live more mindful and intentional lives. And Kanita is also a contributor to Redemption Press's She Writes for Him, Stories of Resilient Faith. In fact, both Carol and Kanita are in that book together. So Kanita is a military spouse, mother of two, and a certified life coach. She has walked a path from not seeing a clear vision to knowing God's purpose for her life. Through her writing, she encourages women to be all God has planned for them to be. She serves as the special assistant to Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and she is also a victim's advocate and lives, get this, on the North Pole. (laughs) In North Pole, Alaska. That just pickles me. I love that. So I want to tell you a few little known facts about Kanita. She missed her calling as a comedian because she loves to make people laugh and never meets a stranger. She loves styling herself, family, and friends, and often gets calls all hours of the day with questions on what to wear and what not to wear, the right accessories, shoes, everything that completes her world, all those right accessories and shoes. She is the go-to person for that. And what endeared me to this woman the most is she loves gummy snacks also coffees and hot teas but the gummy snacks (laughs) that is where we totally bonded when we met last summer there's a bigger story to that but let me say thank you for joining me today kanita we just love having you on the show I am so excited about being here. I was listening to everything. I was like, well, is this about me? Until I heard the gummy bear story that I know that's me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Glad to be here, Athena. Oh, it's such a delight to have you on the show. So let's start with you sharing a Romans 828 story from your life, because that is what this all things show is all about, is how God works all things together for good, even the bad stuff. For those who love him and are called according to his purpose, and you, I know that about you, you love him and you're called according to his purpose. So I'd love to have you share that with our listeners. Amen. Um, you know, I, I'm just so grateful to be here. I thank you for this opportunity. 
And as I think about Romans 8 and 28, and when you sent that to me, I just, it just warmed my heart because like you said in my bio, I think about the one step leading to progress. And so that also reminds me of that scripture because I think about how things happen in your life, like you said, whether good or bad, but at the end of that step, and if you keep stepping, there's going to be some good. When you put God in it, you know, he works things out for us. Sometimes we don't know how he does it, but he does. And so I'm so grateful because as a military spouse, we travel all over the world. And sometimes when our husbands get those orders and we have all these plans and we have things going for us, sometimes our moment stops and stands still for that call that he gets because he's serving our country first. And so throughout my life, I've been married to my husband for 21, going on 22 years this June. And it's been just that, you know, waiting for that good to come together because I'll start doing something and then it's like, we got to move and go. So I think this, the thing that I want to share today is as those steps come, um, we moved to get this from Florida to Alaska. Oh, girlfriend. <laughs> we moved from Florida to Alaska. We got orders and my husband was coming to his 20 year. And so I thought we were retiring. We built our house, we built our retirement home. And I began to work and start doing some research on how to start my own um, business and got accepted for a nonprofit to get started on the Emerald Coast. But of course, he gets his orders and that all changed. And um, it was one of those moments that you have to just think that I know God's working for my good <laughs> because it doesn't look like, like that right now, right? <laughs> yep. But he's working for my good. And so I took you know, all those thoughts and ideas and just told God to put it in his hands. And, and ultimately I knew where we were going. Of course, there was going to be women, there was going to be a need. And so I took those ideas from Florida and we moved to Alaska and immediately, um, I know the importance of community. I know the importance of a spiritual, faithful, community. And so that's the first thing I sought after. And it's what I always seek when I go from base to base is where I can find that community that's going to help me grow where I'm planted. And so when I got to Alaska, I did just that. I did my research now and I realized that there was a lot of darkness that was there. And mm. a lot of those cold moments and elements that could lead to some sorrow, but um, going there and reaching and moving into the community, I then um, went to the chapel immediately and began to see what I could do to get things started. So I took the ideas and things I had in Florida, brought them to the chapel, and looked to seek out community. From there, um, I met some people and met some leaders and we began to start the women's small group. Um, so if you're familiar, you know, we start like the little small Bible studies that go within the houses. Mm -hmm. And it worked out great for the military community because not only was I a military uh, spouse, I also worked a full-time job on the base as well. Wow. So it worked out where I got to meet like active duty military females as well. So it really grew quickly, Athena, um, and it was just one of those steps of faith, taking that one step, and then, you know, God sending the increase in making that good happen. So um, we began to start the small groups, and, you know, it started out 
with people who didn't know much and I begin to teach and you know, by the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit begin to just bring the groups together and we started forming these groups that were meeting we had some groups in the morning in the afternoon in the evening some even on the weekends and so what started out as just four people with the thought it ended up being 128 women that were meeting on a weekly basis wow so God just began to work and so when I tell you, um, I start about um, God working out things for our good. Um, I seen all this good happening. I seen all this good happening and the, the small groups begin to grow. But then I seen some bad happening on the other side with some leadership. Mm. <laughs> and so as the leadership began to gather around the table and um, they seen the groups growing, you know, we're human. So, you know, personalities begin to come together and, and the leaders that were supposed to be coming together for a common cause begin to bicker among each other about who's taking this group, this group is going faster, who's doing that, you know, then you get that envy and strike that starts mm. coming in. Yeah. You starting know? to feel threatened if you're not in control of it and someone else is more fruitful than you maybe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what I was seeing. And like I said, I came in with a pure heart. I only wanted to find community and, and bless those that God put in my path, you know? And um, so I just really didn't understand what was going on because um, I know there was a need. Like I said, if anyone has done any research or knows anything about Alaska, there are dark season. Yeah. There and it gets dark. And not only does it get dark, it gets cold. And um, so during this time frame, it was one of the coldest years that Alaska had experienced. And of course, <laughs> that was a time frame when I was here and my husband had deployed to beautiful sunny Guam. Oh ouch. <laughs> Lord, that's yes. not funny. <laughs> yes, not funny at all. So it got down to negative 50 at some time um, <sighs> during this time frame. So, you know, here it is, you know, I'm trying to just work and, and build God's kingdom and bless God's people. And then I'm finding the disappointment of the leadership that wasn't seeing the ultimate goal and that was blessing God's people and moving them closer to kingdom right mm -hmm. so um I really wasn't understanding what was going on because it was like little secret meetings going on right and I would come in and then you could feel the tension and all this going on and then yet in my mind I'm like Lord but you said do this yeah. <laughs> you said you know, brush your people and gather your people. And um, that's what I was doing. And um, unfortunately, the leadership had given this plan and this beautiful project that the Lord had given me. I go into a meeting and they had given the leadership role to a young lady and then they gave all out different roles to other people. And I was sitting at the table who brought the program to the chapel. And mm -hmm. they said, well, can you do the event side and the cooking and all those things? <laughs> for the, and it just, I, all I could do was laugh because if I didn't laugh, I would cry, you know? Yeah. And it was just like, what is this? So then, you know, I begin to just kind of search myself and like, hey, what did I do? Is there something I've done? You know, um, because, you know, when you love the Lord and you're loving him just with that straight eye on just pleasing him, you don't right. see all these other things, you know, and you don't definitely don't want to see him amongst God's people. Right. You want to believe the best. You want to believe the best. Exactly right. And that's what I wanted to do was believe the best. But unfortunately, things were happening that weren't the best. <laughs> yeah. So that's some major betrayal. Yes. Yes. And um, I felt it and didn't know what to do with it, Athena. I really didn't know because um, honestly, I had... Um, I had a past that where I experienced some of the same things in other, in another 
church organization. So I'm like, God, here I am just wanting to do your will. And this is hitting me again. What is this? You know? And, um, so I had to really seek God because I wanted to handle it in the right way. Um, could I have done some things and, and kind of steered the pot in a way where I could have demanded to be treated a certain way or demanded to take control? Um, yes, absolutely. I could have did so. And I had every right to, but um, I just heard God tell me to be still. Mm. See, what I love about how you responded was, wow, did, was there, did I do something? It, so you were willing to own if there was something that you did that could have, you know, started, you know, whatever was going on with them. Yeah. And, and that's a healthy way, you know, instead of always defend, being defensive and pointing the finger and you know, you didn't do that. You said, Lord, is there, is there something I need to see in me that I need to repent of? And that's so healthy. I love that about you. Yeah. And, you know, and thank you. And, and it wasn't always that way. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't always that way. You know, my response, like I said, I experienced something very similar in an organization I was in prior and I didn't respond the right way. But and at the end of that result, it was not the greatest and it didn't help or benefit anyone involved, you know. Um, so at the end of the day, when I encountered this, I was like, oh, no, I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to respond the, the right way. And so when I began to pray and God just said, be still, that's what I did. Uh, I begin to just be still and then God he in his beautiful way and what he always does you know when um you know what men mean for evil God means he could turn it around and make it good right yep so um you know the chaplain came to me and said we're going to go another way and it just floored me it it absolutely floored me because when I came in there, like I said, in the very beginning, there was only like four women that were doing anything in the chapel. So it grew from four women to over a hundred in a matter of a month from when I stepped in. So to go another way, I'm like, what way are you going? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, unfortunately that kind of fizzled out there, but you know, in all of that, God, God just told me to be still. And then I kept hearing the Romans in 28 that he was working things out for my good. Hmm. And so ultimately I began to still work with the groups that he assigned me to. So even though that, that whole big setting kind of fizzled out, I still begin to work and still have hold study with three different small groups and in all of that. And, you know, I begin to grow and just get encouraged and the women begin to do the same. Mm. And, you know, it was just like in that, like God just was building me because, you know, I didn't let that crush me. I didn't let that stop me. I began to just be still and seek God in the way he wanted me to go. And you didn't get mad and leave and, you know, because you were betrayed and mistreated, which is true. I mean, it is true that you were betrayed and mistreated, but you didn't react in an ungodly way. No, not at all. And um, I just like, I didn't even know why I was being still because I promise you, Athena, I really didn't want to be still. (laughs) I wanted to react, right? And at this time, um, I'll remind you that my husband was deployed, so he wasn't here for me to lean on and cry mm-hmm. to. And um, so I, at this time, I had to just pray and ask God, you know, to to lead me and guide me. And if you want me to be still, I'll be still. But I need you to make this good, <laughs> you know. And um, I'll, that's all I could do. And then, you know, uh, fast forward, what he really did out of all this, in the midst of all the hurt and all the disappointment, he took those moments and me working and building those small groups and just doing it out of love and, and wanting to bless God's people and also encourage myself in a season of being dark and my first, you know, winter here, my husband deployed, 
Um, so in all of that, he just took it and he made it a good thing. I get a call from, I was at work, um, I was working for legal at the time on the base. I get a call from the wing commander's office and the wing commander is the highest in command on the base, right? So I'm like, okay, what is this call? <laughs> so I get a call and he says um, that they had selected me to be uh, the civilian volunteer of the year. And I'm like, okay. Wow. So I get selected for that. And then a few weeks later, I get selected for the, the Air Force Spouse of the Year for Isleson Air Force Base. So, wow. <laughs> and all of that, and it was based on me starting the small groups mm -hmm. and me putting in all those volunteer hours and and things that I wasn't even calculating, you know, I wasn't calculating the hours. I don't even know who turned them in for me, <laughs> but all those hours and and all the small groups and all the things that God put my hands to and to be busy and to work and to do what He called me to do, I'm turned around and being rewarded, and um, and I didn't even realize the magnitude of the reward awards because. In those awards, it took me to uh, Washington, D.C. to be honored for one for the spouse of the year. And in, the, in that is when I met all the beautiful people like everyone um, out there um, in the military world know Megan Brown, our missionary ambassador. Yeah, yeah. Right. A little spitfire. <laughs> right. So I met her and then I met all these influencers in the military community that have now became my sisters and my friends that have led me to come to speak up mm -hmm. to now roll out and meet you and now working on my book and just all these things that God was working out for my good and I look back on it now and even when you asked me about um, doing this interview I look back on it now and I'm just like God if I would have acted in a different way, mm -hmm. if I would have took the hurt and the disappointment that was right in front of me, how could you have made that good? Yeah. And so I look at it and all that ugly turned into something so great where I'm now sitting here interviewing with Redemption Press <laughs> and... Well, in your it's, stories being, it's being used to mm -hmm. encourage people because church hurt. There's a lot of church hurt yeah, that goes yeah. on these days. And for you to have a story of victory over that hurt mm -hmm. is powerful because you can, you know, you can't control what other people do, but you can control how you react and you Absolutely. made a choice. Absolutely. And, um, you know, God is so good in that. When he said, be still, it was definitely him. It was definitely his voice. <laughs> not what um, you would have said, right? Not what I said. <laughs> and like I said, I was sitting in a seat where I worked for legal, right? So I could have easily went and, and, and made a whole big case of all of this, right? Right. Um, but at the end of the day, I look at it and I was like, you know, God told me to be still and in that um, he made my name great. And it didn't take anything else but just his working hand, just putting it all together. And and now the seat that I sit in, you know, I go back and now I'm advocating for the chapel and wow. advocating for the military spouses. And um, the base calls me often and I'm going, um, we just built a us, with that program, I, I failed to say, with that program, we just, um, I just worked with Ielson and launched the first um, Spouses Resilience uh, Forum. So they had a whole summit out there and they used pieces of what I developed for that small group program. Wow. So in all of that, God was working it out for the good. And then I get to go back and now speak and be an advocate. And I'm asked to come back there in those circles to speak before these people and to still advocate for the spouses. So in all of that, it's like if I would have 
caused a big stink, right? Yep. And, yep. and did what Kanina wanted to do and stomped up the steps and, and did all these things, it would have changed my name and it, it wouldn't have been what God had wanted it to be right <laughs> exactly but you allowed yeah. him to refine you in that fire yes oh wow. that's good that's good i love that yeah yeah well i love the title of your chapter in this she writes for him betrayed by others beloved by god and that amen yep amen and i'm feeling it every other day when i look and like people are calling me or emailing me and I'm thinking like, wow. And even I think it was so beautiful how God just does things in full circle. You know, some of the very people that didn't want me at the table or moved me from the table are the people that are now asking me to pray at their meetings and speak and stand before and build their groups. Wow. So <laughs> that's a... Uh gotta be only humbling God for them it, right? <laughs> only he can do that he can take betrayal and turn it into being beloved yes. you know and it's only him amen only. amen okay so as we kind of wrap this up i would love to have you share a few tools or tips that would help our listeners really remember when they can't see it how god really is working all things together for good Oh, that's good. Um, I tell you, I go back to the beginning when I said to be still and know that he is God. You know, you have to stand on Proverbs and know that. Um, and I think that was the, the turning point for me that made this situation different than the one that I spoke to prior to. Mm -hmm. um, I reacted in Kanita's way the first time. And then this time around, it was different. And he told me to be still and I was obedient to that. So yeah. being still and being obedient and listening to his words um, is the number one thing. And the number one tool in my toolbox is to listen to him um, because when we get in the way of what he's trying to do, we can make a total mess of, we can make a total mess. And then we're spending more time cleaning up because he will, he's, he's a God of a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance, but it's so much better when we just be still, be obedient and hear his voice. Mm. And that's so, that is such a powerful thing for, especially for those of us that are doers and, you know, type A personalities and we get, we are get it done. And that's a hard thing to do, to, to so obey hard. when he says, be still and know that I am God. It's so hard. It's so hard sometimes, but it is so rewarding when we're obedient to just, you know, just simple obedience. Yeah. It and makes when, we're still, when we are still, it's certainly a lot easier to get his perspective. And, mm -hmm. and that's kind of, those are the times when he will remind us of how, you know, you trusted me here and what did I do? You, you trusted me here and what did I do? You know, and just that, that being quiet before him and being willing to just not do our default. Mm. That's good. And then like, like you just said, that's so good. The reminder piece that, you know, he reminds us, did I fail you before? Didn't I always bring you out? You know, didn't I always work it out for your good? Yeah. And when we get busy, we forget that he works it out. Yeah. That's a good word. Good word. Well, okay. So if, there's people that are listening today and they want to find you online. You do a couple of Facebook lives. I know um, every week, what, what's the best way for them to connect with you online? I do. Um, thank you. And it is model for the King is on Facebook. And then I'm there on Mondays at 5 PM. That's Alaska standard time. So on the East coast, it's nine. And I think on Pacific, it's what Six. eight. Three, 
No, Fig? six. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. So, that's Model for the King on Facebook. And that's Monday and Wednesdays I go live. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. It has been a delight as I knew it would be my gummy bear friend. Yes. I, it's always, always a pleasure. I thank you for the opportunity. Um, it, it's super humbling to just uh, be a part of this great ministry that you have going on. I love Redemption Press. I love what you bring to the kingdom. And I'm so grateful to be a part. Well, it is a delight to have you as a part of it. So, of course, it was just, I was just happy to have you as my friend. But then to, to be, have you be part of this great She Writes for Him book and then working on your new book, very exciting. So, God bless your ministry and everything that he works through you as you continue to faithfully just be a demonstration of Romans 8.28 in your life, which you are a perfect example of that, my dear. Thank you so much. I love you. I appreciate you. And I'm looking forward to all the work that we have in store for us. And as we continue to build the kingdom. Together. Amen. Together. Amen. So thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media, of course, only if you thought it was helpful, or if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would really appreciate it as, you know, it'll help other people find the show and let them know it really is a good one to listen to. So thank you so much for listening today, and I'll see you next week.